So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. So should we start? I'm ready. Ready when you are. Yeah, look, we're good to go. Let's do it. Uh, I think we should wait about 10 minutes. But we, I mean, we're ready to go. We should just go. No, no, no. Call Charlie. Wait. No, I mean, we're, we're all here. Wait. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the tearful Brazilian of F1 podcasts. Actually, hearing about that had a very different meaning to what I intended. Ugh. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that honestly is entirely spurious. I do not understand this reference. That's what Ron Dennis said. But he said, uh, I've been ousted for reasons that are entirely spurious. Uh, Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 hang podcast. Hang on, Chica, sorry, the barman just dropped a glass, so we're stopping the podcast for half an hour. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the podcast that is to F1 what Fernando Alonso is to camera work. I saw... Fernando doing a bit of camera work, a bit of freelancing because God knows he needs the money. I'm Chica Ayres and today from the sheath in London Bridge we look back at the Brazilian Grand Prix. From the bowl of tension that is the autodromo Jose Carlos Pache, we were treated to a much delayed, very soggy but eventually wicked race in Sao Paulo. It was a Mercedes 1-2 with Verstappen in third, but seldom has a result failed more to convey the drama that played out over three hours as red flags, bomb-clenching crashes and some exquisite driver skill kept us on the edge of our seats. We'll look back at the weekend that ensured the race to the 2016 title goes to the final round and we'll also take a suspicious peek into F1 happenings away from the track. So you've got all that and more to look forward to. Let's crack on! With me is a motoring journalist who dreams a dream of time gone by. It's Phil Tromans. Hello, yes. Uh, I thought, uh, inspired by, by Terry a couple of weeks ago, saving the children, I thought I would also save the children. And last weekend, I, uh, I did, a bit of, uh, did a bit of children in need. What did, did you, you get do? get a bath of baked beans? Thought about it. Did you Ooh. shave your hair off? No. He's going back quickly. No. No, only one of us can do crazy stuff with the hair in this podcast. Ooh. No, I joined my, uh, my mum and my mother-in-law and my wife in, in singing in a massive choir. Uh, what did you sing? I've sung in a choir since I was at school. What did you sing? Uh, we sang uh, from Les Miserables. Who from were? the dream of time gone by. Oh, Something I about see. Tigers. That's where that It comes was really from. good fun. So when, when do we have to watch? Friday, uh, Friday night. Need. If there's something about Friday a big choir night. singing Les Miserables, that was me. Turn it up. Yeah. And alongside him is a man who now only lives in the virtual world of motorsport manager. It's Terry Saunders. Terry Saunders here, manager of the European racing team Archer. Did you call it that? No, it's already one of the pre-round names. Pretty tense. Last the first season, I wasn't doing very well. I got an ultimatum that I was going to get fired if I don't finish ninth in the next race, and I just scraped ninth. This is all a game, yeah? Wow. Well. No, it's real. <laughs> oh, right. Just and checking. <laughs> second season, I've not really understood the rules properly, and I've overspent slightly, and I'm losing money hand over fist at every race. But I did just come second. 
But I think well. I'm going to be fired for losing money. Right. So is it, is it quite realistic? I should point out that while, while Chica was recording the intros, you were playing the game next to me. Was I playing the game or was I actually living my real life and now this is the game? Let's start with the stories you've been talking about in this listener's corner. We'll begin with the news that stunned the world last week. Across the planet, millions have been left reeling by the appointment of a candidate that no one thought in a million years would ever be seen in a position of power. There has been rioting in the streets from those that don't agree with the result. We're talking, of course, about Jolyon Palmer keeping his seat at Renault. Unbelievable. The Brit has been retained as a second choice after Kevin Magnussen rejected a one-year contract extension. I just want to ask, what were your initial responses when you found out? Well, it, it was very similar to uh, to, to one of our uh, readers on Facebook who posted, fuck me, who, how many dicks did he have to suck to get that? That was your response? That was pretty much my response. Right. I mean, I was chowing down on some Renault dick at the time because I was trying <laughs> to get that drive. <laughs> so I'm pretty annoyed. It, uh, it does seem that, that it only happened after uh, Magnussen was offered a contract that he didn't fancy and said, nah, you're all right. So, so Julian Palmer is sort of the only one they had left in the time, presumably. I mean, let's remember that this is the same day that it announced that Donald Trump was elected. So uh, one of our listeners, Ewan McMorrow, said, good day to bury bad news. I know. Oh, can you imagine being jostling? And everyone's going to be talking about me today because I've got a new... <laughs> oh, fuck well, you, off. Which, which is the bad news that they're burying, though? I mean, to be fair, he could have picked another day. He knew the election was coming up, so I would say that's... No, that was Renault. Renault all the way going, I hope no one notices we've signed him for a second year. Uh, <laughs> they do say bad things have happened in three. So you get Trump, you get Brexit. I mean, depending on your political persuasion, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got, I mean, there can't <laughs> be many Ooh, people who are thing. rooting for Jolie and Palmer, surely. Jonathan Palmer. <laughs> yeah. Jolie and Palmer. Yeah. Whoever his mum is. Not Julie. that I'm suggesting he I'm doesn't Julie Palmer. Palmer. I reckon even his mum's against him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the second Renault seat, which is announced that it's going to Nico Hulkenberg, which means Magnussen is off to Hayes. Or, as I think we should now call him, Magnussen. That's good. He was unimpressed with Renault's dallying, though, with a short contract offer, and instead he went for a multi-year deal with the Americans. Do you think that was the right decision? Well, basically, Renault are doing this thing of going, right, next year we're going to be a bit shit, but then after that, we're going to be fucking tremendous. So we don't want any of our shit drivers in a contract that's going to get in the way of when we're good. So they're saying to Magnussen, you can have a year. They're saying to Palmer, you can have a year. And then next year, we'll get Alonso or someone. Yeah, but they're going to have to be good in that year in order to get Alonso next year. So they've got pants drivers. Are they going to be able to be good? It's all a bit of a mess, really. And I don't think they will be good that soon. So I think they're not quite getting it right. But Magnussen clearly wasn't wasn't prepared to be a sort of fill-in driver. And wanted something with a bit more because he's. Let's face it, he's been messed enough, messed around enough in his short time in, in F1. He's, this will be his third team. But then you got Hulkenberg, who's just going to join another team and be a bit disappointing. Bless him. The thing about Hulkenberg is, is we know that he can be very good. He's been very good in WEC and he's been pretty good in an F1 car. So he's he's a solid bet, and I I rate him better than Magnussen or Palmer. So let's move on to the rest of the driver changes, just run through, that are happening next year. So we've got Lance Stroll, um, who we mentioned last time, who's been confirmed as Massa's seat at Williams, alongside Bottas, of course. So he's the Canadian son of a billionaire, in case you didn't know. Stroll hasn't tried to hide the fact that money has helped him up the ladder, but in fairness to him, he has had an excellent record. Um, he's won numerous titles in Canada and this year's Formula 3 Championship. 
He's still got massive shoes to fill, though. No, not masses. Stroll will be the first Canadian driver in F1 since Jacques Villeneuve. Yeah. Someone I'm sure we all miss. Sort of. I love Jacques Villeneuve and his music. I <laughs> feel like he'll probably be okay. You never He's say getting that. an absolute slamming in the media for the fact that he has, he just does come from money. Everyone was like, oh, he was a pay driver, his dad's a billionaire. And that is true. But it's not easy to win the European F3 Championship. I mean, that's a, a decent series. I mean, and he follows in the I footsteps. know you think you're pretty uh, knowledgeable about this, <laughs> but as someone who's a manager of a European <laughs> team, actually, it is quite difficult. Which What's the formula of racing that you're in? Because presumably they don't have the license to call it Formula One. European racing series. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Stroll was this year's winner of European F3, and he follows uh, previous uh, winners of that thing, include Esteban Ocon, yeah. uh, Ivan Capelli. I like Ivan Capelli. Pierluigi Martini. I love Pierluigi Martini. And Alan Prost. But come on. Also, Michele Alboreto, Ricardo Petrosi. He's just going to be in the averagely shit Williams next year, so it doesn't matter. Next. And let's not forget, next. last year's winner of the European F3 Championship, who's gone on to great things, was uh, was Sweden's very own Felix Rosenqvist. Well, uh, oh, we don't we all have a Rosenqvist. Next. Okay, so Ocon has been announced that he's leaving Manor, but this means that there's a seat going. Now, names tipped to fill it include Nasa and Gutierrez, after being given the hoof from Hayes, and Harianto, if he can find a few quid down the back of the sofa. Now, Philip Morby said, sadly, who I want and who they'll get are two different things. Who I want, someone worthy of the drive and talent, and who will get it, Harianto. What about, hear me out here, Nigel Mansell. He's got the skill and You're I right. bet he can raise the money. Have you read the, the following comment that we had on this? Nigel Mansell. Scott Somerville says Scott Nigel Mansell. Somerville says Nigel Mansell. So I Scott, think... I agree with you. Next. <laughs> so Jason Brennan said, Alexander Rossi, he's shown in IndyCar that he has the skills to do well. Yeah, but he's done so well that he's going to stay in IndyCar. He's the Indy 500 champion. So too well in IndyCar. He's going to stay there because he's, he's in demand there now. I don't see him coming back to F1. Okay. Pete West said, no one's faster than Pasta. So crash a lot to turn the team around, I reckon. What I mean, he'll turn something around. <laughs> Good one. Scott Crawford said, Charles Leclerc off the GP3. He looks zoomy all the time. He does Zoom look good, me. but he's, he's a Ferrari young driver. I think he's being lined up for Haas sometime in the future, so I don't see him going Wasn't to Wasn't he the a, president a of South Africa? And Ben Turnbull said Jensen. <laughs> nice one, Ben. Good joke. I think Harry Anto will get it if he can find the money. Yeah, I think it'll be Harry Anto or Mantle. One of the two. <laughs> so later on, Terry is going to talk to us about Ron Dennis, which is him. one of the biggest stories this week. That is a big story as well. Um, but there are rumours galore that a certain Ross Braun may well be back in a position of power of F1. He's also been tipped for a position at Liberty Media once Bernie steps down. Now, Ben Turnbull said, good plan, we need somebody from this century running the show. I mean, let's not be ageist. And also, he's not from this century. because he's, he he's 60 years old, he's yeah. not exactly the voice of you. We want a millennial <laughs> in charge. Chica. I'm ready, I'm ready. Time. And uh, one of our favourite listeners, the gas man said, I'll have a better idea after I finish his book. Oh, I read it wrong. I thought it was Scatman. Well, this sort of came out of his book, really, wasn't it? Because he sort of, Ross Brown has disappeared for a few years, and then his book came out where he slagged off everybody, and now he's sort of being talked about, and he's on the TV all the time in the last couple of weeks, sort of saying, oh, nothing's confirmed, you know, I could be tempted to come back and, and run yeah. for one. And I think, he'd, I think he'd be great. He'll be fantastic. I can't wait. 
from a sort of sporting side of things, he just he'd seems be the fair. man. He seems to understand F1. He seems like the kind of guy who go, no, that's a fucking stupid does idea. Does he understand this as much as us, though? No, no one does. Right, tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're FF1S or you can join the thousands of people emailing us at wrong at FF1S.com. Terry's looking at his watch, so we'll move on to the teams. We'll start off with Mercedes, of course. Now, Hamilton said the race was easy. Rosberg had a brown stain on his overalls by the end. The championship is still alive, but only in the sense that your dying dog is still alive on the way to the vets. Like poor old Rover, does Hamilton need a miracle to win? Yes. Yes, basically. Uh, what sort of miracle are we thinking, though? Well, I mean, he needs, he needs Rosberg to either fuck up or crash. That moment when Rosberg lost it and then got it back, that was... Hearts were yeah, beating. Yeah, that was the championship yeah. before But once, I mean, miles. once again, the rubber, the green goes to Rosberg, doesn't he? Because he was getting outclassed by by by, uh, by Verstappen. And then yeah. Verstappen made that sort of fateful pit call. So and, it's really Verstappen's never going to get him again. I mean, once again, I mean, brilliant from Hamilton, I thought. Everyone's talking about Verstappen this race, and, and rightly so. But Hamilton was way faster than everyone, had no dodgy moments or exciting saves or anything like that, just blasted away and won by a country mile. Three on the trot now. Didn't even sweat as well. I think this this does lend credence to the argument that if Rosberg does win the title, it's through Hamilton's bad luck, because this was a straight fight between the two of them. And you could argue maybe that Rosberg wasn't giving it everything because he just needed to finish second, but, I mean, Hamilton blew him away this weekend. Nah. Okay, let's talk about Red Bull. Red Bull clearly gives you wings as Max... Terry, please. What's rain? Verstappen seemed to float above the track in the last part of the race. If it wasn't for their tyre gamble, he could have finished second, but still treated us to one of the best displays of wet weather racing since Button in Canada or Senna at Donington or Senna at Monaco. But was it really that good? Yes. Ricardo seemed a little bit off form this weekend, not helped in the race by an allegedly leaky helmet. There's nothing worse than a leaky helmet. Well, I just thought that sounded like an excuse. I mean, Ricardo did not seem with it this weekend everyone had an excuse because Verstappen was crazy good well now hang on a second Terry because you are a die hard anti Verstappen are you now prepared to relax uh, your critical stance I'm not anti Verstappen you just are said, uh, I just said, you have a history of being anti Verstappen I just said let him let him prove to me <laughs> and he proved it to me this weekend he so was that, great so you're a fan now I am uh, <laughs> if I was on the fence before I've kind of slid down the fence but I'm still near the fence are you are you hanging onto the fence with the tip of your fingers, or are you sort of moving away from? He's the fence leaning on the fence towards the happy world the of Verstappen fandom. But I'm walking towards the bench. Well, this is this is great news indeed. I mean, he was brilliant. I saw I've seen maybe one person say oh, it wasn't that great. But Terry's I, mum. <laughs> um, she it was actually Sam Collins him. from Race Car Engineering, whose norm, opinion normally I I, I I respect, but I think he was way off with this. He's he said he wasn't that impressive and blah 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 tires and everybody else. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, I thought it was one of the great drives of recent years Definitely. To, to be to be that quick on not on a particularly different tire strategy to everyone else. I mean, he had he pretty much changed the tires at the same time as Ricardo did, and they were to used wets. They weren't new wets. I yeah, thought everyone absolutely kept, brilliant. Everyone kept saying he was so good because he had fresh tyres on. But well, a the wets aren't as affected anywhere near as much as the slicks by by being used or otherwise, mm. and they were used that he was on anyway. So I really don't think that gave him much of a, much of an advantage. But he was just brilliant at picking out the lines. 
uh, where there was the most grip, which is a very difficult skill to have, and he did it so much better than than everybody else. Absolutely brilliant from him. His only fault was he made it look a bit too easy. Right. Well, apart from when he nearly binned it in front of Rosberg with the drift of the century. Yeah, but he it, just it made me like miss Will Stevens a little bit. Oh, bless. Right, Ferrari. After being severely reprimanded for moaning on the radio last time out, Vettel spent most of the race moaning on the radio, but no swearing this time. Raikkonen, however, did his best to pull himself out of his misery on the pit straight and nearly took Esteban Ocon with him. It was a... Uh uh, a mixed race for Ferrari. I mean, they both had incidents. Obviously, Kimi's incident was rather terminal. And Vettel, I don't know how he didn't crash coming out of the uh, the last but one or two corners. Was he, it the Ferraris aren't very good with rain? Is that... Well, they're no, just not very good in general. <laughs> no, but they were really bad this weekend. I think it was just really difficult conditions for pretty much everyone. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Grosjean in a bit, losing it before the race even started. I mean, I mean it, that, that last couple of corners coming onto the main straight just seemed... Really, really, really dodgy. Uh, Kimi, Kimi lost it. Vettel nearly lost it. Um, but, I mean, Vettel, accepting the fact that he had a massive spin and then came into the bits and had a fairly terrible pit stop, came back to finish fifth, which is pretty impressive, probably under the circumstances, if you discount the shitness that came before. And we should have a little moment to talk about the weirdness of the race with the red flags and the safety cars. Mm. And did you hear the rumour? Because, you know, there was that weird red flag that came out and everyone was like hang on it stopped raining why is there a red flag did you hear the rumour of why that was no. I did not safety car ran out of fuel <laughs> is that no true? it would go around for so long they had, and what do you do they did have a spare safety car so they had to stop the race that would be quite funny because I mean the safety what? car is a, is a really hardcore road car yeah. that will burn through fuel like nothing else but Phil, why wouldn't they put loads of petrol in there? I mean, they, they may well have done, but well, no, apparently... Surely you'd think before, you'd be like, let's pop a bit because more. Because the drivers it. last year were complaining that the safety car doesn't go around quick enough. Uh, oh, he was on it. So what they did is they, they tried to make the car lighter by sh shrinking uh, the fuel tank. I mean, that, that could have been something as well. But also, no, the safety car is not hanging around. I, I don't believe that because they knew what the conditions are like. They knew there would be a lot of safety car. They would have put loads of petrol in. I mean, I don't know if this so, rumour is true or not. It's the first time I've I heard did. it. But, I mean, it's conceivable that a Mercedes AMG GT is a proper supercar and is not built for fuel economy. So if you're ragging around a track for half an hour, that, I mean, you'll be lucky to get 10 miles to the gallon out of that. So it'll be absolutely thrashing it. So if yeah. it is low on fuel, it's not inconceivable that it would run out. Having said that, no idea if that's the case or yeah, not. Yeah, I've only heard it as a rumour. But I will say, what, so Phil, what was your reaction on that red flag? The last one where it wasn't really raining. How did you feel? What was your reaction watching it live? My reaction really was was resignation. I've kind of got used to expecting them to pull out the red flag. And there's the arguments about, which was made on our Facebook group, which you can all go and see, um, about, oh, you know, you don't want another Bianchi, and it was quite treacherous and so on. And I'm like, I, I'm not that bothered about it these days, to be honest. I just kind of expect it to happen. So it's a shame. I'd rather see him racing. But I think these days, if there's the slightest doubt, you should probably just wait. Do you know what my reaction was? What? Fucking brilliant. <laughs> I love that red flag. Do you know why? Why? In that second red flag session, I fit in two races on Motorsport Manager. <laughs> oh, wow. Did not give a shit about the real race. Now, which was the second one? Was that the Ericsson crash? No. Was that the Massa crash? Massa, yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk about that now, now. I would imagine. Williams. Now, Bottas was nowhere all weekend and didn't help things by thinking he could race on Inters into the pissing wet. Massa turned his retirement into a retirement as the whole F1 circus turned up in the pit lane to wave him goodbye and the FIA somehow turned a blind eye to a small child running around an active pit lane. 
We're going to jump back onto Listener's Corner here and get some reaction to that. Now, Matthew Restaino said, I'm not saying I cried tears of the Felipe pit lane walk, but God, it was emotional. Richard Stevenson said, it was God awful. He's been blocking a seat for at least the last three years. I particularly liked Sniff Petrol's description of him as a panda-faced pacephobe. <laughs> that was amusing. But Philip Morby says, fuck rules and legislation. That moment was beautiful. Was it? I mean, for Jesus. Yes, I think it showed heart to Formula One. I was just like, do you know what? Fuck him. Ooh, I bet you laughed when Princess Diana died. That's not relevant. That's not pertinent <laughs> to this point. He's the queen of our hearts. Massa is a modern day Princess Diana. How he really could you not is like that moment? The people's shit driver. Oh. Um, I just. So what? They all lined up. Well, as far as I was concerned, they all lined up to say, fuck off, you should have gone years ago. Right? Sick of them. Sick of it. Wow. He's you didn't crying. feel just a bit with the tears and the pounding of the heart and the small child running out in the pit lane and the flag. Yeah, but he just crashed out of the race. But a heart of stone you've got. He. He fucked it up and crashed out of the race. Well, Everyone's going like, so oh, well done. But is that not a, well fitting, done. a fitting end to his career? <laughs> yeah, a more fitting end would just have been if he got to the pit lane and they just locked the door and went, right, <laughs> you're not coming back in because you are shit, mate. And threw a spring shit. in his face. That is mean. <laughs> you are being cruel. What did you think, Chica? I thought it was lovely. I thought his family were involved. All the other teams came out. I thought it was lovely. Do you think he should be disqualified from the last race of the season for letting a small child run around and act in the yes. pit lane? Yes. No, I encourage it. Get young. What encourage children in the pit lane? <laughs> More. Brilliant. If you're listening, FIA. My favourite bit was that shot of Rob Smedley, like almost in tears, because you just think, yeah, that guy, that's tears of relief. He has nailed his flag to Massa for the last ten years, and at last he can live on his own. They share a flat together. Sauber. Fuck me, they did it. Sauber actually managed to become a talking point for one of these podcasts after a year of awkward silence from Terry and Phil. Sauber not only did something of note, but they scored points, potentially putting their budget through the roof for the next year. Now, should NASA, do you reckon, have chosen lap 70 for his contract negotiation talks? That would have been the best because he's not signed for, for Sauber next year. And I think it's something like them getting points means they get something in the region of like 10 million or even more than it's that. A decent, it's a, a decent enough amount to make a difference. Yeah. So if I was NASA, I'd be on the radio just going, right, guys, we've got one <laughs> lap left. If I finish in this position, that's 11 million. So um, let's I think talk maybe you should give me a drive next year. Have Sauber got anyone for next year? I don't, I don't think they've confirmed yeah. anyone. So then Sauber would just be like, oh, can we talk about it after the race? Oh, it's a bit slippy out here, guys. <laughs> oh, I think Whoa. maybe you should agree to my demands. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to call my friend Timo Glock and see what he thinks <laughs> I should do. But it, it's, I mean, it's great news for Sauber because uh, uh, can we really see Mana getting a point in Dabu Dabu? I mean, you never know, but no. they've only got they've only got points twice in their history, so I can't see it happening. Um, Maybe it rains in Abu Dhabi. I mean, it does. I've known it rain in Abu Dhabi. Really? Yeah, but it's pretty rare. Why does it always rain on Mana? Why does it always rain in Abu Dhabi? Was it because maybe karaoke wasn't such a good idea? Something. Right. Neither of you were in Travis, were you? Um, I, wa- yeah. I am. Okay. Well, I was. You am Travis. Yeah. Force India. Now the Hulk was ready to shine in fourth after the first safety car. Could this have been his first podium? Well, no. He got a puncture and a bit of Raikkonen's car stuck in his wing. And let's be honest, would he ever been in a position to hold off the mighty Verstappen? 
Neither car bothered to fanny around with intermediates, which did them plenty of good. And Perez was at one point looking solid for third until the Verstappen Express blew past him. The Hulk recovered to seventh. Now, would you say that was a good weekend for Force India? Do you know what? It wasn't bad. It's another another good performance with on a shoestring. Yeah, yeah. They got a car that works well in the wet. Hulkenberg was incredibly unlucky, but he wouldn't have got any higher than fourth, and that's where Perez got. So they did well. They could have done better, but they did well. Yeah, good, good result. Perez particularly thought thought at one point he was going to get that that third, yeah. and then Verstappen started doing wonders. So, but, uh, but no, you, really, really good. That. And they, you know, they did well with the strategy, and yeah, really solid. Can I just, what intermediates? What was going on there? I haven't. Uh, the Disaster. Oh God. There's a child in the pit lane. Can't see a Okay, Hayes. Uh, Hayes. It was a weekend of highs and lows for Hayes. The high was Grosjean qualified in seventh. Well done him. Yeah, good result. Very good. The low was they binned it on the way to the grid. What a twat. Yeah, no good. On the high was they signed May Agnesen next year, good as we said. It's going to be a good joke all year. And low, Gutierrez basically had a fight with Gunther Steiner. What the hell was going on there? We were so close to your dream of getting a... It I was, was going to be so a podium fight, but... Yeah, if they were doing a proper fisticuffs, because there was a bit of grabbing, there was yeah, a bit of body so language. If anyone didn't see it, so Gutierrez came in having retired because his electronics went, so he was angry. He threw his gloves to the floor and he started to storm off and Gunter Steiner, the team principal, grabbed him by the arm and I really thought there was going to be sort of slapping going Yeah, on. I'm a bit annoyed I wasn't. Did you, you see, know. did he give him a good talking to? Uh, well, the, it cut away at that point, so I don't uh, really know what happened. I mean, they've since said, oh, it's here. okay. Steiner's been like, oh, it's understandable. He's, you know, he's... I hate, I hate the way wrong. they do that. I hate the way they come back and they're like, but we're all friends. They yeah. always say such passive things. I wish he'd come back and go, do you know what? Good Jerry's is a cunt. That's why we fired him. Next. <laughs> uh, you can understand why he was, why he was annoyed, because his car broke down. Once again, he gets no points. He's not going to drive next year, at least not for us, so yeah. McLaren. Now, as we said earlier, and as we're going to talk about later, Ron Dennis has been forced out of McLaren, and Button insisted that he's not forgotten how to drive despite all signs to the contrary. Alonso was suspiciously quiet, probably trying to organise a boardroom coup to oust him too. I feel like Alonso is trying to get himself ousted from McLaren. Oh, he's trying to oust so himself. I feel that he's trying to squeeze himself out. <laughs> I really enjoyed his antics this weekend. I just because it was a year since he did the sunbathing thing mm. when his car broke in practice. Yeah, I he just really feel like I don't feel like they're going to be good next year. I just feel this feeling in my heart that they're going to be shit next year. So we're based on no facts, just your no heart. facts. Okay. Just my feeling, gut feeling, is saying they are fucked. They are Williams. This time last year, when, when Alonso did his sunbathing thing after his car broke down, we were talking about how horrendous it was for McLaren. And a year later, it sounds like we're in exactly the same position. Nothing has changed. And now they got rid of Ron Dennis. Um, and now there's all sorts of shit going on in the background as well. Exactly, which is not going to help the stability of the team. Button, I don't know, there's something about... I kind of meant to say with uh, Bottas as well. There's that, that hero to zero thing of wet races. Like when Bottas went on the wet tires, the intermediate tires even... And when Button was just like going, I'm, gonna, I'm really good at these normally, guys. Oh, it's not me. Oh. It's like actually failed. It was, Maybe it there was, was something wrong with his car, but it was not. That was not the drive to take your retirement sabbatical with. He's yeah. got one more, one more chance. One more yeah. chance. And if ever there's a place for drivers to shine, it's Yas Marina. The drivers' track. The people's princess. Renault. 
Now, Julian Palmer is shit at absolutely everything apart from racing driver excuses where he excels. After smashing into the back of Kvyat, he stated... I can't find the quote he said, but it was on the Sky Race interview live thing. And basically, the footage showed that he smashed into Kvyat. Kvyat had, did nothing wrong apart from was being on the track. And he was like, wow, and it was really interesting because Kvyat just appeared out of nowhere. And it wasn't really my fault that I smashed into him. And I kind of steered into him. But, you know, <laughs> it wasn't, I wasn't expecting the steering to respond. You know, it was just a he's, he's already total. got his drive for next year secured. So he does he care. really need to try now? Doesn't care. Doesn't Do you reckon care. he's going to get any better? No. Okay. Toro Rosso. The ancient Ferrari engine did Toro Rosso few favours at a track where power is rather important. So Sainz's sixth place is all the more impressive, and it could have been fifth had Vessel not got him on the last lap. He decided not to try Inters when everyone else did, which did him a world of good, and Kvyat had pitted just before the first red flag, which basically shafted his race. Being bum-rushed by Palmer probably didn't help either. I mean, sixth for Sainz? Pretty impressive. I didn't really see much of him during the race, but well, I think to, in a wet race, if you can finish, there's a chance you're going to be high up, and that's basically what he did. Well done, him. Great stuff. Yeah, Kvyat, not his fault. No, no, totally. I mean, Palmer's he was very fault. unlucky with that. Literally two laps before the red flag, he pitted again. Yeah. Manor Ocon was on four points, which is ridiculous, until the very last lap, and Sauber's ninth place means that Manor are now back down to last in the championship. Which is bad news for Cash, isn't it, Terry? Still, at least he didn't hit Raikkonen and hurl himself into the crowd. That was a close one. Now Ocon is off to Force India next year. Verline is fast realising that he is the new Hulkenberg. He wasn't able to get enough heat into his tyres and fell away from Ocon, who outclassed him in the race. Do you agree? Ocon was much better than Verline uh, during the race anyway. I think Verline outqualified him. But he has been I for know. a while, though. He just he's drove good. away from him on the track. I'm looking forward to next year for him. I think he's doing all right. Yeah, if Force India can continue there, we've got no money, but we're making good cars. It'll be really interesting to see how he compares to Perez. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, not great for Verline. And apparently, one of the reasons that Verline was, was overlooked for the Renault seat, because he was in contention as well, is that apparently he's a bit of a dick to work with, Rubens. Which, Terry, must be disappointing to you, because I know you've got a soft spot for him. I do like a man to be rough. <laughs> like a stroppy Mauritian. No, Mauritian. OK, so let's go to the standings with Terry Saunders. OK, so... It's been a long season, and a lot of drivers have scored points. This is getting quite tricky, guys. Um, so... Massa's retirement was really emotional for all of us, I think we can agree. And so I thought, how will the pit lane react to each of the current drivers when they have their final race and crash out and go to the pits? So in first place, just no one there. Ros when Rosberg <laughs> retires, everyone will just be like, oh, sorry, I've got something on, mate. Can't make it. Oh, I would make it, but it's my niece's birthday, you know. Uh, in second place, Hamilton. Everyone's just Snapchatting the event. Third place, everyone just gets their shoes off and fills them with drink. Fourth place, everyone wags their finger at him. Fifth, everyone will be dead by then because Verstappen is so young that by the time he retires, humanity would have collapsed. Uh, in sixth place, Raikkonen, everyone will just take a big shit in Memorial. And in seventh place, all of the tyres that he hasn't used that have grown up to live fulfilling lives will come back in an emotional scene to show Perez, thanks for not ruining us, this is what we've become. Roll them down the pit lane. <laughs> Eighth place, who? Can't remember. Ninth place, everyone will turn up on the wrong day. Tenth, everyone will sit on picnic chairs. Eleventh, everyone will just stand in the pit lane. And twelfth, it will just be Alonso. That's Carlos Sainz, his only friend. Thirteenth place, no one will make it as they all crashed out on the way to the grid. That's Grosjean, obviously, there yeah. we go. Fourteenth, they'll all be at the Red Bull pit going, I thought you worked here. Oh, Kavir, sorry, I didn't realise. 
didn't get your last email. 15th plate. I'm not retiring, guys. I'm taking a sabbatical. <laughs> 16th. They want to bring hot drinks. 17th. Everyone who we pays to be there will show up. 18th. Just Terry will be there. That's me. Uh, 19th. Everyone will crash out and blame each other. That's Palmer. And Stoffel Ruffle. Everyone will be wearing a Stoffel Ruffle t-shirt, which you can buy at ff1s.com slash shop, shop, shop. And the Constructor Championship, which I haven't finished, and we're running out of time. Um, I've been playing Motorsport Manager, and they don't use the real team names for licensing reasons. So here are, for what I can ascertain, the teams are what they should be a Motorsport Manager. Mercedes is Steinman. Good name. Red Bull is Panther. Ooh, clever. Ferrari is Rosato. Sounds Italian. Force India, I think, is Van Dort. Williams is Windsor. Nice. McLaren, don't know. Uh, <laughs> Toro Rosso is Scudero Rossini. Haas is Thornton, Renault is Ritano, Renault, Sauber is Chariot, and Mana is the other one. And now, to the state of F1. Now's the time to say goodbye, goodbye. As another season draws to a close, we have the usual litany of retirements and <coughs> sabbaticals. Massa and Button have been joined this week by a true F1 legend. Ron Dennis has been ousted by the board of the company that bears his name. Ron Dennis, former McLaren, naming it after himself in about 1981 or something. And has ever since run the team to much success, apart from now when they are shit, and that whole affair when they stole plans from Ferrari and he was forced out then. In fact, really, his forcing himself back into the team has been a bit of a disaster, hasn't it? But a press release on a Wednesday afternoon is no way for such a sporting legacy to end. Sports careers, like politicians, often end in failure, but as Master showed at the weekend, there can still be a glowing tribute. Alas, I doubt Ron will be at Abu Dhabi in a fortnight to have everyone who he's pissed off line up and say goodbye. So here is the FF1S tribute to Ron Dennis using his own words. And these are all quotes I found off the internet of Ron speak. I've put it together as a little kind of eulogy of his career. I hate shopping, I don't shop at all. Fortunately, my credit worthiness allows for a shop to release quantities of products so I can choose at home. <laughs> I used to go to bed with a vacuum cleaner going because my mum wanted the house immaculate when she got up. That's the ethos I grew up with. Everything has to be perfect all the time. That's why I'm such a pain to live with and to be in a board with. <laughs> uh, I don't want chaos. My homes are my tranquility bases. The performance of McLaren and his competitors isn't really going to be known until probably two or three races into the season. Even Australia isn't going to be a strong indicator because, of course, everybody has got gremlins in their car. So really, it's three or four races all years before you can really determine who's competitive and who's going to be fighting for the World Championship. And finally, I feel none of the emotions that are attributed to me, <laughs> which I think is how we should remember him. There is going to be nobody quite like Ron, is there? I fucking love Ron. <laughs> I love him dearly. I actually went to McLaren a couple of years ago. And it's it's such a weird place to go to because it's not like any. It's like a bond lair. It, it's very much like that. And apparently, I was being shown around there. And when you go in, there's sort of all the old classic F1 cars lining the boulevard on the way in and stuff. It's really nice. And there's tiles on the floor. And apparently, Ron hates those tiles because at one side they line up immediately with the wall, but on the other side of the corridor half the tile stops. Oh. Like they hadn't planned the width of the building oh. to take into account the width of the tiles, and apparently Ron absolutely hates it. He has got a certain dedication to perfection that, okay, hasn't translated itself into, you know, decent cars or any results really since 1999, apart from Hamilton's year in 08. But um, I, think he, I think we're going to miss him. Yeah, yeah, no, I think he's fucking amazing. I wish he was my dad. Who did I say I wanted to be my dad the other week? Oh, uh, Arriba Mene. 
Yeah, change my mind. Ron you Dennis. Could, I mean, you could you could hope they get together and start adoption procedures. Have me. Yeah, yeah. Great. So there you go. Bye, Ron. So that is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about the FF1S Autosport Grand Prix Predictor, which we've not done an update for in ages. We're really sorry, but we're really busy and we always run out of time. No one but cares, it, Phil. No one cares. It's just about to say that there's one week left and, uh, and I'm winning it overall. I'm on page two, which yeah. I think in a way... It always the cool page to be on. Yeah, and Not we were going to do dicks. one this week, but I thought I'd get it in just to claim my glory. Whatever. I'd stop checking because, yeah. you know. I haven't updated my team for four weeks, <laughs> four races. <laughs> and to Terry Saunders. I'll be on Motorsport Manager if you need me. Are we sponsored by Motorsport Manager now? I was thinking of emailing them because um, I'm a big fan and they had a big advertising push on all the coverage this week. So I maybe mean, we they should sponsor like us. Seven, eight, nine listeners now. I reckon <laughs> the reason is they wouldn't sponsor us because all of our listeners have clearly already bought the game. Thank you for listening to us. We would like it really loads if you could take a second to tell your friends, share the podcast on Facebook or Twitter, or just call your mum and chat about us. I've been Chikarez. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>